online right now the Lord God he loves you and he's calling you to come back and surrender and lay your heart before him right now in this moment today is the day a brand new day that you can come before him and thank him for who he is for he surely loves you with an everlasting love that endures forever So I want to challenge you this morning to surrender your life to the King of Kings, to the Lord of Lords. His face shines upon you like the sun and He is calling you. He is reaching into your heart and saying, come, come, come to me. If you are weary, I will bring you rest. If you are broken, I will bring you restoration. If you have lost all hope, I will give you hope. For I am the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. I am the God of peace. I am the great I am. I am love. The words of the Lord may be resonating on your heart and He's challenging you to lay your life before Him now in this moment and repent. Let's repent together now, everyone here as well. Lord. I'm sorry, Lord, for not putting You as number one. I repent, God. And right now I ask You, Lord, to cleanse me and forgive me. I repent, Lord, for making myself number one. And I lay before You now, O Lord God, and ask that You would forgive me and cleanse me with the blood of Jesus. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. I'm going to bring you more than a song. Lord, I'm going to bring you my whole heart. Take it now, Lord. I freely give it to you. In Jesus' Name. Amen. 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 How the Lord loves you. How the Lord loves you. May His joy be your strength. As Peter brought the word this morning from the front, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Rise up in strength. Rise up. Pastor Grace, I'd like to invite you now to continue as we break bread together. Hello.
were in Canberra and uh, I would like to share something that I learned from Canberra. Do you want to hear it? Yes. Something that is a Rima word for me and I believe that something worth sharing this morning. So uh, before I go to that, I have, a, so that's three weeks ago and in that three weeks I have like two conversations in the past week where you know where you have a conversation where you know that the Lord is leading you? And in that two conversation, I had that feedback that one of them is my niece and she was saying, oh, it's so refreshing to hear from you, to talk to you. You know that you have given them a light when you spoke to them and you know that it's not about you, but it's really the Lord working in you, speaking to them. And I had that two scenarios in the past week and I believe that uh, this is what I have learned in that Canberra meeting that uh, Joel 2.28 uh, if we have in our Bible we will read that Joel 2.28 can we all read that and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh your sons and your daughters shall prophesy your old men shall dream dreams your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Amen. And uh, I have heard that many times, but this one came very strongly. And uh, I will start with this. Uh, so David Wilkerson said that this Joel 2.28 is a prophecy of a great revival that is coming to the earth. This revival, this revival will be characterized by a powerful outpouring of the Holy Spirit and it will result in a great harvest of souls. It says that. And in the last days before coming of the Lord Jesus, this brother Sadhu mentioned it, that he is going to pour out his great glory. It's a fulfillment of Joel 2.28. Amen. Do you believe that? That will happen in the com in these coming days. That gift will be poured out are prophetic gifts. So this set apart from the ordinary nine gifts of the Holy Spirit in the like of the day of Pentecost. This last day's anointing is a prophetic flow. Before the king comes, there's like a this is a prophetic flow. There's this spiritual protocol. He may mention that. Before the king comes, a prophet will go to prepare the way. That's in Amos 3.7. So this precedence, John prepared the way for the king to come for one nation, that is Israel. So that one prophet did that. Now the Lord Jesus is coming back for the whole world. And everyone needs to be, a, to be in a prophetic church or a prophet there will be prophetic people or prophetic church to trumpet that the king is coming and prepare the way. Amen? So do you believe that? It, before it's John. Now the Lord will use prophets, prophetic church, prophetic people that will trumpet the coming of the Lord. And that's the Jewel 2.28. So... Uh, therefore, you need these prophetic gifts to see in the spirit what is happening and then describe or, and then declare, prophesy what the king is saying to the people 
and prepare them for the coming of the Lord. So this is necessary so God is gonna raise up prophetic company. Amen? So what does that mean in our day-to-day? Like, Lord, that will be coming. I'm excited for that. But what does it relate to our day-to-day life as Sunday to Sunday as we go to church? And we are a member of this prophetic church. This is the calling of this church. And it says in Amos 3.7, Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but He reveal His secret unto His servants, the prophets. This verse shows that God does not act without revealing His will and purpose to His chosen messengers. That's you, His prophets who then communicate it to the people. So we have, like, well, Lord, what is that when I go back to that conversation I mentioned? The Lord will give that prophetic insight that allows us to see beyond the surface level and discern the spiritual or emotional realities that is at play. This gift can be used to provide guidance, counseling, or prophetic interpretation. You want that? Like we're talking and you, you have that insight. The Lord, the Holy Spirit is giving you that insight. Aside from that, you will have foresight. It's the ability to see potential future events or outcomes. It allows us to anticipate what may happen and prepare accordingly. Who doesn't want that foresight? You know what's coming. You know what's what to do you, you, you will be able to be warned and prepare this gift can be used to warn guide decision making even your decisions Lord Holy Spirit help me and the Lord will give you foresight that's the prophetic flow or provide a hope for the future how about that if every one of us will flow in that that the Holy Spirit will have, will have the insight and foresight are you excited to be part of that amen and what this what is this um, sharing got to do with communion? We're doing communion. But communion is a time to reflect on the amazing love of God that was shown to us through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is a time to renew our commitment to follow Him. Because we will remember what He has done for us. He died for us. We'll, we are thankful that He has done, what He has done for us, what He's doing in our lives now, and what He's going to do in us. Amen? And that's what that prophetic flow comes in. As we take this communion, we are just remember what the Lord has done. Can we stand and take this communion? We just thank the Lord that because of the blood of Jesus, because of what He has done in the cross, we will be used as a prophetic company of people in these coming days. Lord, as we partake of the bread and the wine in remembrance of the new covenant with Jesus, our great high priest, mediated by the shedding of His blood at the cross, he was sacrificed once to take away our sins and in Him we receive the promised Holy Spirit who now lives in us. Lord, we pray that you sanctify and bless this bread which represents your body that is broken for us. The Lord Jesus, at the same night in which He was betrayed, took bread and when He had given thanks, He broke it and said, Take, eat this, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake of the bread. Lord, we thank you that you also bless and sanctify this juice that represents your blood, your precious blood, Lord. As we take this, your day and day will be in us, Lord. 
This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's take the juice. We give you praise. We give you thanks today, this morning. That indeed we are prophetic people that are ready to be used, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Good morning, church. Good morning. We're in the third day, right? Got some new faces. Welcome. Hand up if this is your first time here. No one. I thought we had some new faces. Who's had a good week? Who enjoyed Dr. Bruce and Reshma earlier in the week? Who didn't come? You guys need to jump on YouTube or Rumble and watch the messages. Yeah, Dr. Bruce had, um, he started our second night with praying against the The witch doing up in the back corner? What was the false prophet doing sitting over here in the fourth or fifth row? We need to be careful, church. We need to be calling these people out. We need to be not entertaining them, as many of us do. There's changes coming. Amen. Pastor Amanda's happy about that. There's changes coming. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're alive this morning. We all woke up this morning. We can all thank God for that. We had these flyers out on Sunday and Monday night, which I'd forgotten we had them. But it was a good reminder of what this church stands for. Our ethos is we salt the unchurched. We season the unchurched. We resource the church. Having Dr. Bruce here, having Brother Sadu here earlier in the year, that's resourcing the church. We reform thinking. Who walked out of here on Monday night the same as they walked in on Sunday morning? Many of our thoughts were reformed. Gave us all something to think about. And my favourite bit is we encounter the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Let me read you a verse because it goes hand in hand with what Pastor Grace said. Mark 16, 17 says... And these attesting signs will accompany those who believe. Who believes? Pretty well, everyone? So I'm expecting to see these attesting signs then. In my name they will drive out demons. Did you see it leave this morning? They will speak a new language. They will pick up serpents and even if they drink anything deadly, it will not hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick and they will get well. Are we seeing that? Are we all seeing that? Because we should be. That's what the Bible says. Not sure how we're going to go this morning. Bear with me. The focus over the last few Sundays, who remembers it took us 10 weeks to get through the seven deadly sins? And then we moved into a little bit of evangelism from that. We're still focusing on evangelism. 
Because sharing the gospel with a sense of urgency and seeking to persuade the uncommitted non-believers is vitally important at this stage. Who believes Jesus is coming back? Who believes it's soon? Be careful, I might be setting you up for something here. (laughs) We need to get people putting their faith in Jesus Christ. The theme for today, or the theme is still, today is the day of salvation. Just as yesterday was, and you know what? Tomorrow will be as well. But we're not guaranteed of tomorrow, are we? Today we're going to talk about salvation in the present. But let me pray for our offering first. We're going to send buckets around or people can just come out this morning. Maybe people can just come out. What do you think? If you've got your seed there and you're ready to sow, let me pray for offering. For those of you watching online, the details will be on the bottom of the screen. So Father, we thank you for the gift of your love revealed in Jesus Christ. We thank you for sending the gift of your Holy Spirit to dwell in the hearts of your church. And we thank you for the promise of our Lord to come with us today as we meet together in his name. Lord, we come bringing our tithes and offerings that you, or sorry, that we may honour you and show you our love and our gratitude. Lord, we pray that you accept these gifts and bless them to the end that others will come to know and experience your love and to know and experience Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour. And it's in his name that we pray this morning. Amen. Amen. So the boxes are out the front. If you'd like to give online, you can. There should be some cards on some of the chairs. We had a reminder from, from Dr. Bruce on, I don't even know what day it was, it's been a blur. You know, three weeks ago we were in Canberra. Dr. Bruce and Reshma were at our house for two weeks. Let me tell you, more is caught than is taught. He said to us, actually last Monday night, we're looking at the sound equipment, he says, said to him, you know, we, at some stage we need to get another computer. And his response was, you're going to need more than one because you're getting a building. Hallelujah. The Lord is providing this body a building. And with that, he said, you're an apostolic and prophetic training centre. You're not a church. You're an apostolic and prophetic training centre. Hallelujah to that. Isn't it good to know we're not like everyone else? The text we're going to concentrate on today, and I may get sidetracked, so bear with me. The text we're going to concentrate on today is Philippians 2, 12 and 13. Does anyone remember what Dr. Bruce's messages were mostly about? Being the light. I actually wrote this message two weeks ago in preparation, not knowing that he was going to preach that. Philippians 2, 12 says, Therefore... My beloved, that's every single one of you sitting there today. As you have always obeyed, maybe not everyone that's sitting there today. We're going on a journey. Not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. 
Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to do for His good pleasure. God is working in you, not for what you want, but for His good pleasure. Hallelujah for that. I'm going to read those verses again because we're going to go through them today because we're meant to be the light bearers. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, I'm just going to assume we're, all, assume we're always going to obey. I know we're not, but I'm going to assume that's what we're working towards, right? Not as in my presence only. Are you only good Christians when the pastors are around? But now much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to do for His good pleasure. Hallelujah. Have you had a face-to-face encounter with Jesus? Everyone here has? It's okay if you haven't. That's how I was saved. I was one of those blessed ones where He... When I cried out to him and said, Lord, if you are real, he's like, son, I've got so much more for you. If you haven't had it, you can. Yeah, we've had people leave the church in the last few months because they don't believe you can have a face-to-face experience with Jesus. They're missing out, aren't they? If you want it, you can have it. Let me share an experience with you this week. It wasn't Jesus, it was one of his angels. I'm at the bank because all of the offerings that were taken up for Dr. Bruce, we banked and then we gave them to Dr. Bruce. We're one of those crazy ministries that when an offering comes in for someone, we bank it and then we, we show the money going into the bank and then out again because that's the right thing to do. We don't skim anything off the top. I'm standing at the, the ATM it's about 7.30 in the morning. So the bank's not open. There's no one in Australia Fair. There's a flash of light and like a lightning bolt go through me. And I yelped. I, I may have even squealed a little bit. Because at that same time, everything went white and there's someone big standing over me. I'm thinking, I'm going to punch this guy in the nose. Dr. Bruce, when I shared the story with him, said, well, that would have been interesting because that was the angel that was protecting you while you were doing it. We can all have these experiences. And I'm glad I didn't punch the angel in the nose because I probably wouldn't have come out of it so well. But the secret to that is every day I ask the Lord, show me, show me the spiritual realm. Dr. Bruce taught on both Sunday and Monday night about, I think it was 600 and something thousand times a day, we flash between this realm and the spiritual realm. Sometimes we get a chance to have a glimpse of it, don't we? Who wants that? You can have it. You can have it if you want it. You just need to be ready for it. Are you ready to be releasing the glory? Do you remember the story he shared? Take off that garment. Take off that fleshy garment that you're wearing. 
and be light. You know, we need to stop worrying about other people's mantles. Too many people are chasing other people's mantles. Too many people want Bill Johnson's mantles. Too many people in this country think they've got Smith Wigglesworth's mantle. Stop it. If that's you, stop it. Talking to you people watching online. Don't chase other people's mantles. Stop trying to replicate what's happened in the past. Do you remember what happened in the desert? Didn't the cloud keep moving? So why would we camp where it was? Let's keep following the glory cloud. Let's keep following that pillar of fire. Why would you camp? Too many of us, <clears throat> though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we might quote that, but most of us are camping there. Though I walk through, stop chasing other people's stuff. Most of the people you're following, trying to get their mantle, their anointing, they don't actually have it. They've been very good salesmen and women. We need to live for what God has for us today. This isn't even today's message. We need to be living for what God has for us today. Did anyone ask this morning when they woke up? Did they say, thank you, Lord, for another day? What have you got for me? I know I did. Pastor Amanda did. I actually don't care what he's got for me tomorrow. Because tomorrow is not guaranteed. We've got to live for what he's got for us today. And remember, disciples and followers are not the same thing. There's lots of ministers out there with followers, but they're not making disciples. Which one are you? Are you a disciple or are you a follower? I can tell you if you're chasing someone's mantle, you're a follower. If you're chasing what Jesus has for you today, you're a disciple. There's a difference. They are not the same thing. We need to start to focus, <coughs> excuse me. We need to start to focus with intent and expectation. What you focus on, you connect with. What you connect with, you activate. So let's focus on what Jesus has for us with expectation that we're going to see it. I have an expectation that I see the spirit realm every single day. Pastor Amel read scripture this morning about the seraphim during the prayer meeting. They're coming into their churches. They're burning up the dross. We need to be willing to let them do that so we can live sanctified lives, so we can have a sanctified church. You know, it's no mistake, we've been getting some of these international ministers, not even ministers, prophets and teachers coming to this church because they know there's something happening here. People don't travel halfway around the world to preach in a church. Or at least they shouldn't. We need to start to focus with intent and expectation. 
I have an intent to usher in the next move of God. So I have an expectation that God's walking with me as I do that. Now there's three days in everyone's calendar. Yesterday, today and tomorrow. Many people are going to miss today because they're living in yesterday. I'm talking to Christians here. Too many people are worried about what so-and-so's ministry did 30 years ago. You know, great, they did something fantastic, but who cares? That's 30 years ago. What about today? Where are those same people today? Many of them have fallen. Many of the so-called apostles in this nation have fallen. I know what they've done. I've counselled the people they've done it to. If they haven't fallen yet, get ready. You're going to see it. Many people are missing today because they're worried about yesterday. Others miss the present because they're too worried about tomorrow. So let's look at salvation in the past and in the future and then let's concentrate on salvation in the present this morning. Are we ready to live for what God has for us today? And we give the people who have done great works for God in the past credit. We respect them for what they've done. But if we're camped on that, there's something wrong with us. There is no more Brownsville revival. It's finished. There's no more Pensacola. It's done. There's no more Smith Wigglesworths kicking babies off the stage. That's what he did. True story. And when the, the people caught the baby, it was brought back to life. But that was his mantle in those days. Do you think God's doing something different today? God's using different people, doing it different ways. Because he's God. We don't travel around in horse and buggies anymore. Mind you, those people buying Teslas might need a horse to tow it around. Our first thing today is Jesus Christ came to save us from the past. He came to save us from the past. As the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ came to take away the sins of the world. We can all agree on that, can't we? Jesus came and He lived and He loved and He suffered on a cross that He might die in our place under the penalty of our sins. Are we living? Not too many heads nodding. A lot of blank stares. Are we living? Some of us might not be. That's okay. Jesus Christ is hope. Are we loving? We try, don't we? Are we serving? You know, so each of these, there's yes. The yeses are getting less each time. Are we willing to suffer on a cross? Tribulation's coming. Remember the two years that I gave you last week? 2020, 20, blah, blah, blah. 2025. 
and 2032 just happen to be how many years apart? So what may happen within that period? So for any of the pre-tribbers there, you should be giving everything you've got to the church now because really you don't need it. We heard that preached last two weeks ago, didn't we? Any pre-tribbers out there? All you guys online, I can give you the church bank account. You don't need the money. You're going to be raptured. And I, I, I don't care whether you're pre-trib, post-trib, whatever. I pray that it's pre-trib. I don't believe it is, but I pray that it is. Jesus came and lived and loved and served and suffered on a cross that he might die in our place. Hallelujah for that. Many passages of Scripture confront us with the glorious truth that Jesus died for our sins. We love those Scriptures, don't we? That He might save us from all that we've done in the past or are doing in the present and will do in the future. Because we're still sinning, aren't we? None of us are perfect. Through faith in Jesus Christ, we gain a position of acceptance with the Holy God. There's no other way except through Jesus. Through true faith in Jesus, we pass from under the wages of sin and death and receive the gift of eternal life. Hallelujah. I'm looking forward to seeing every single one of you in heaven. Every one of you. It'll be like, what up, Rabs? We're going to be dancing on streets of gold. But as Laurie Ditto teaches, the streets aren't gold as we know. We know it's gold, but it's so pure, it's clear. As we look at the great redemptive act of Jesus, when he died on that cross, our new relationship with God on the basis of faith in Christ, we need to be aware of what we think in terms of salvation in the past tense. Once saved, and I might offend someone here, once saved, always saved is a false doctrine. I don't care what ACC's taught. I don't care what the demonizations, denominations teach. Once saved, always saved is a false doctrine. You can lose your salvation. That's why it's a marathon, not a sprint. Our second thing is Jesus came to save us in the future. Hallelujah to that. One of the main motives of people <coughs> for trusting Jesus Christ is that they might prepare for the future, right? We trust Jesus because we want to go to heaven. We think hell will be a pretty miserable place to be. Again, watch Laurie Ditto's testimony if you haven't. The Scriptures tell us and observation verifies it, that we are all appointed to die at some stage. We can agree on that, can't we? At some stage, we are all going to die. This passage also informs us that after death occurs, we're going to meet God in judgment. <coughs> now, given this is a message about evangelism, who's ready for that? If today was your last day, are you ready to stand in front of God for judgment? 
If you can't shout yes and amen to that, which many of us may not be able to, and that's okay, we need to probably get some things right with God. We probably need to change our lives a little. I'm not here to scare you. I'm here to teach you because I want to see everyone in heaven. The following verse informs us that Jesus Christ, who has already borne the penalty of our sins, will appear a second and final time. Not to deal with our sin, as many believe. Jesus is not coming back to deal with our sin. He's coming to save us from the very presence of sin. Paul wrote to the Philippians that the day will come when we will be raised from the dead and be fashioned after the likeness of our glorified, risen Lord. Hallelujah. We will be beings of light up in heaven. How cool is that going to be? Jesus encourages his people not to be anxious about the future. Who's worried about tomorrow? Who's worried about interest rates? Who's worried about their job? Jesus teaches us not to be anxious about that. You should be smart about it, but don't be anxious. If you're a son and a daughter of the Most High, he's got you. He's got you. Okay, just recently, we were up for 35 5000 maybe $40,000 to put a new roof on our house up in North Queensland. We're like, Lord, in fact, I was walking around Lancaster near Pastor Joe's church looking for an ATM, strangely enough. You ever been out in the desert looking for an ATM? It's not that easy. Saying, Lord, you need to do something about this house. We need to either sell it as it is or you need to provide the money for the new roof. Because who's got $40,000 laying around? If you have, let me know. We'll talk later. We get to LAX a few hours later. We get a phone call from our real estate agent in Bowen. Hey, uh, I've got a buyer for the house. Do you want to put it back on the market? I'm like, are they happy with the roof? <laughs> So no, 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 they, they, just, they just want to buy it. We settled that house on Monday. We could have lost so much sleep over that place. We could have been bitter and twisted, but the Lord provided at the very last minute. We'd actually taken the house off the market three days earlier. He encourages us not to be anxious for the future because he will not only prepare a place for us, but he will return to receive us into, unto himself. He's coming back for us. He's preparing a place for us. And it's not like when you come to stay at our place, where we'll just sort the bedroom out for you. He's preparing a mansion. Hallelujah. It's gonna be so good. I hope I'm next door to Nick. It's gonna be awesome. There'll be loud music. It'll be fantastic. It'll be worship 24-7. Pastor Amel will be on the other side. It's going to be so good. We won't even have to preach the word up there. We can just worship. How good's that? In Revelation, we find a brief description of the house, don't we? Not made with human hands. Who's worked in the building industry here? 
Isn't it good that you don't have to build the house yourself? I remember those calluses. I used to be a bricklayer. Those calluses, and I used to work a lot with concrete blocks. Your hands would be torn to shreds. And these house will be eternal in the heavens, which God is preparing for those who love him. Who loves him? Only half the people here love him? What's going on? You're in the wrong church if that's the case. <coughs> He's preparing a house for those who love him. That's a good time for an amen or a hallelujah. hallelujah. If you love him though, you're obedient to his word. I'll say that a little bit louder because there were no amens on that. If you love him, you will be obedient to his word. Yeah. <coughs> That's why Pastor Amel's mansion is going to be huge and I'm going to be right next door because he's excited by that. Our third thing is the present salvation experienced through Jesus Christ, the experience that we have right now. Jesus the Saviour came into this world to do more than just save us from the sins that we've committed in the past. I thank God for that daily. I did some stuff. I, sh I shared some stuff on Tuesday night and Reshma was horrified at some of the things I'd done in the past. But that's the redemptive qualities of our Lord. I could have easily got 25 to life for some of the things that I'd done. But instead I got life with Christ. Amen to that. That's much better, isn't it? God was on my side, I can assure you. Jesus, the Saviour, came into this world to do more than just save us from our past sins. We can all be thankful for that. He came to do more than save us from the presence of sin in the future. He came to save us from the power and the practice and the downward pull of sin in the present day. I'm thankful for that. He came to save us from the power and the practice and the downward pull of sin in the present day. Our text gives us the gospel of our present tense salvation, doesn't it? Philippians 2.13, God is at work within you. Doesn't say God is at work within the pastor. God is at work within you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. I can always tell where someone's level of faith is by what they say to me. Pastor, I've got a headache, can you pray for me? There's not much faith in the Lord there because you can pray for yourself. Not saying don't ask us to pray, but you know, Pastor, Got a family member who's ill, can you pray for them? Yes, but why can't you pray for them? We've got to stretch our faith. It's like going to the gym, which I probably need to do more of. Go to the gym and you get sore muscles, right? Normally kicks in on the third day, but it's making you stronger. We need to be able to pray for ourselves with expectation that the Lord will heal us. We need to be able to pray for our spouses and our children with expectation that the Lord's going to do whatever we're praying for. 
Christ died on the cross under the penalty of our sin so we can do this. Who believes that when we pray, the Lord will do something? We all should be getting to that point. Some of us maybe aren't quite there yet, and that's okay. But when I pray, I expect to see God move. We're at the point where we pray now and we see the angels gather around. It's like you flick a switch and all of a sudden, has anyone seen the matrix? All the green numbers coming down the screen? That's almost what it's like. You flick a switch and there's angels everywhere. We can all experience that. But we see the demonic like that too, don't we? We had it, can I share the story from a few weeks ago? We had our daughter staying with us for about a month. And I woke up one night and the biggest, ugliest demon I've ever seen was in my bedroom, standing at the door. I'm like, what are you doing here? You had no right, get out. And the demon's response was, I saw one of them. We have a right to be here. We, more than one, have a right to be here because we were invited in and we were carried in. So whatever our daughter had brought into the house with her, they were attached to it. Who sees the demonic sometimes? Guess what? You can also see the angelic then. If you can see one, you can see the other. I'm just using that as a as a reference that we can see both. Jesus conquered death and arose triumphant and victorious that he might deliver us from the power and the practice, (coughs) excuse me, of sin that we see in the present. He conquered death. Could you imagine being the disciples gathered in the upper room And Jesus turns up? But they were being obedient. They were told to be there, weren't they? And they were expectant that something was going to happen. Why do you think the Essenes were all gathered together? They knew something was happening. They knew something was coming. They knew the day. Something was proven or verified for us last week. There was a question asked by someone who's not part of the church, trying to trip people up. Ask Dr. Bruce what Jewish year it is. Guess what? It's not what you think it is. There's quite a few years missing there. The Essenes knew what year it was. 164 years missing. He conquered death and arose triumphant. Hallelujah. That was for you. Amen. Sue, that was for you. You You were the first one to say amen. Pastor Amanda was the loudest though, so it was for you too, Pastor Amanda. (laughs) It was for all of us. He didn't just come and die for the sake of it. It was for you. Do you think we should respond to that in, in some way? Maybe we should step up. This church is raising a standard. 
Let me encourage you. Church starts at 9.30. The prayer meeting starts at 9. If you wander in at 9.31, you're very late. If you wander in at 9.01, you're late. We need to start raising that standard that we worship together, we pray together. We expect our relatives to be saved and our friends to be saved, but we can't turn up for church on time. Don't we need to do something? There's a prayer meeting at six o'clock on Saturday mornings. You want to see God move? I'll see you at six o'clock Saturday morning. Rain, hail, shine, winter, darkness, cold, freezing. He turns up every week. We have waves washing across the broadwater. There's no boats going past. But whenever we pray in the Spirit, we get a response. I said I was going to be a little bit shorter today, but I'm not. In the conversion experience, we invite the living Christ to dwell within us. In the person of the Holy Spirit. When we accept Christ as Saviour, we are inviting Him in. He dwells within each, every, each and every one of us in order that we might experience a great salvation in the present. Which means we can't say to Him, well, Lord, you can come in. You, you can go into the lounge room of my heart. Don't go into the bedroom. Don't, and don't turn my computer on. Don't do any of that, Lord. You just stay in the lounge room. That's not what we're supposed to do. Give him access to everything. He teaches us how to relate to God and to our fellow humans. Who treats humans differently now that they know Christ? I know I do. The rest of you, I'll pray for you. Our Lord would save us in the present from hate and hostility towards other human beings. Look at Hamas. Yeah, I'm going to go there. They, when, when little Palestinian babies are born, straight away their parents and their uncles and aunties are whispering in their ear that they should kill Jews and Christians. They are being trained from the moment they are born to hate each and every one of you sitting here. Each and every one of you. I know people that have got Palestinian neighbours that have said to them, we're great friends now, but when the jihad comes, I will kill you. Simon has lived there. Simon has lived in Jordan. He's lived in Egypt. He knows it. But the Lord would save us from that hostility and that hate toward other human beings. By teaching us about Christian love. That's how he's doing it. Our Lord wants to deliver us from destructive relationships with others. Do you wonder why Egypt and Jordan and all those surrounding Muslim nations don't want Palestinians in their countries? Why they're keeping their borders closed? Because they know that they're next. We need to wake up, church. We need to wake up. Love those people. Love them. 
love them so much that they have to convert to Christianity. Love them so much that they have no choice. You know how the Jews are going to be saved? They are going to be so jealous of the Gentiles. They're going to be so jealous of the Christians that they have to convert to Christianity. So can't the Muslims be like that too? You just love them so much that they can't hate you anymore? (coughs) Facebook's going to love this. The Lord would save us in the present from anxiety about the necessities of life while encouraging us to have a great faith in our God. We've got a big God, right? So we can have a big faith. He holds everything he created in the palm of his hand. How big do you think he is? So anything you ask him for, do you not think that he can provide it? If you're obedient and you're asking in his will. I I saw Carolyn's new car this morning. It's beautiful. Praise the Lord. 18 months she waited for this car in faith that the Lord was going to deliver it. It's beautiful. What a blessing. The Lord encourages us to seek first and foremost the rule of God. Seek first the kingdom. Kings rule kingdoms, right? Kings make rules. Seek first the kingdom. Seek first and foremost the rule of God in your life. Now, he might be your saviour, but if he's not your Lord, he's not really the king of your life, is he? Again, there's a difference between followers and disciples. We should seek foremost the rule of God in all of our relationships, even your boss, even your employee. Even that neighbour that yells abuse at you across the fence. Even the homeless people in Southport that we can hear screaming obscenities at everyone from the 19th floor. We should seek the rule of God in all of our relationships and trust the Father to provide for us the necessities of life. Has everyone eaten today? And if you haven't eaten, will you eat today? The Lord has provided the necessity of life. He provided food for you today. Hallelujah. Our Lord bestowed on each and every one of us the gift of His Holy Spirit so that we might be enabled to live a Christ-like life in the present. Every single one of us, if we are a born-again believer, has the Holy Spirit dwelling within us so we can live a Christ-like life We're not little gods. That's a whole other false doctrine. But we can be Christ-like. I'm going to finish up here. There's a change coming to this nation. I said this last week. There's a change coming, isn't there? Can you feel it? Have you felt the churning? We need a coordinated prayer movement. We don't have that in this country. And as I said last week, when we pray properly, we'll have a good government. 
when we pray properly. Joel 2.28, same verse, Pastor Grace shared, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Hallelujah. I'm looking forward to that day. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Who's looking forward to that? Your old men shall dream dreams. I know some people, I won't call them old men because that wouldn't be fair, have been having dreams recently, right? A few of you. Your young men shall see visions. Actually, let's just say the old men are actually the young men having visions. That's better, right? The last day's anointing. As Grace said, is a prophetic flow. It's not the office of prophet. For those out there that are being told that they're prophets and they, they're really not, you can prophesy. But the last day's anointing is a prophetic flow. We will all prophesy. That's what I just said, didn't I? Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Doesn't make you a prophet. So please don't chase that mantle if it's not yours. In fact, don't chase any mantles. Strive to be Christ-like. The Book of Acts movement or a Book of Acts movement requires people to be working together. I've heard it for years. We're going to be an Acts church. Well, that's a little bit hard if no one's working together and everyone's trying to build their own little kingdoms. Acts 1, 13 to 14 says, And when they had entered, they went to the upper room where they were staying. Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon the zealot, and Judas the son of James. These all continued in one accord in prayer and supplication. Not well, we need another children's program and numbers were down this week, so we need to change the worship. They were in one accord with prayer and supplication. <clears throat> with the women, Mary the mother of Jesus and with his brothers. The key is in one accord. If you are in... See if I get a nod or not. I've got a nod. If you're in this church and you don't want to be in one accord, we'll help you find another one. Seriously. We are moving towards what God has. If you don't want to be part of that, that's okay. We'll pray for you. I hope you all stay. I hope you're all here in one accord to worship the Lord, to pray for the things that He has. One accord is the key. Pastor Gary, I hear this all the time. What's the key to getting prayers answered? Pray in one accord. The chaff's being burnt away. You felt the fire being lit? He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. Just realised I used this this morning already. He will purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver. The purging hurts a little bit, right? That they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. It's not about you. 
Never was. It's all about God. The offering should be righteousness. You had the power and authority. I said this last week, but I need to say it again. You all have the power and the authority. The problem is you don't believe it. You've been told for too long that you need to go and see pastor so-and-so or when prophet, whoever comes to town, you've got to go and see them. You have the power. You have the authority. Walk in it. I can't encourage you enough to walk in it. It's time that we arise, church, and we wake up. Our King is coming. I don't think you guys heard this. Our King is coming. Come on. For you guys up the back, our King is coming. Let's arise. Let's wake up. As Pastor Mel said this morning, the seraphim are coming to cleanse the church. The church. They're not coming to cleanse the world. They're coming to cleanse the church. Who here has said, I am the church? Guess what? Get ready for those coals. They might burn a little bit. And it's preparing for a great outpouring. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, the outpouring is going to be so good. For all those who thought (coughs) Brownsville and all of those revivals were awesome, the last day's outpouring is so much better. People will not even remember them because of what God's going to do in the coming days. Let's stop doing it in our own strength, church. Let's stop that. God's not changing His holy ways for you. I can assure you. He is God. You need to move from where you are to where God wants you to be. Had a discussion with Pastor Amel yesterday after the prayer meeting. What if You remember I said, it's all coming together now. I don't know why I say things at times, but the Lord gives me the grace to say them. Remember me saying a couple of weeks ago that by the end of this calendar year, we're going to see suddenly. And then I updated that the week after when I said calendar year, I meant Jewish year. What if we only had 12 months left before Jesus returned? What if? What if? It's gone quiet all of a sudden. What if? Our job is to get you ready for it. Our job is to get you ready. Because if you only have 12 or 18 months left, I can tell you now that many of you sitting here and many, many more who are watching online may not make it. I'm not saying that to upset you. But many people will not make it. Many churches will not make it. If you've only got 12 or 18 months to go, guess what? You've got time to get ready. Because when tribulation starts, it's too late. When Jesus returns, it's too late. We are in the end times, church. The great salvation that Jesus brings to us relates to the future and the past, but also very much in the present. Who's ready to actually keep up with the army as it marches? We've all heard about the great falling away. It's not talking about the world. 
It's talking about the church. Over the coming months, the messages are going to get challenging for some people. <laughs> They're challenging already, Carol. <laughs> They're going to get more challenging. And they're challenging for a reason. So you start thinking and praying and studying the Word and getting yourself ready. We started this church with two people. I'm not saying everyone should leave, by the way. I'm saying bring more people in because they need to hear what we're preaching. But we started this church with two people. I don't know why we aren't full because there's not too many pre churches preaching and teaching the Word in this city. Too strong. They, they like the baby milk, the watered-down baby milk. And it's not His will that you live in weakness and defeat. Let's stop living in weakness. Let's stop living in defeat. We've had to, over the last couple of weeks when we've been a bit ill, stop saying, I'm sick, because declaring that we're sick is weakness. I am well, but the Lord's letting me feel this is a much better response. If you will come to him and trust him, not only for the gift of forgiveness, but the victory in the present, the victory's already won, right? Does anyone think Jesus is going to win? Or he's already won? He's already won. So you can have victory in the present. If you can do that, you can be assured that he's going to assist you. He's going to walk with you. He's not a saviour who is limited to the past. We've all heard that, haven't we? You know, the, the, the miracles don't happen anymore. Well, we've seen a few lately. Healings don't happen anymore. Well, yeah, they do. Jesus Christ wants to give you victory over evil right now. In the present, we don't need to wait until we die. The victory is ours now. My challenge to you, and I'm finishing with this, is wake up and start believing it. Because if you don't believe it, how can you expect it to happen? If you pray, Lord, I want victory, but I'm not sure whether you can do it, guess what the response is going to be? Nothing. But if you pray, Lord, I want the victory now and I know it's mine, guess what? power is in the words. Thank you, Lord, that we get together. Thank you, Lord, that you are such a good God. You're such a merciful God. Lord, even when we're a little bit off track, you're the good shepherd that just gives us a little tap that pulls us back into line. Lord, the glory is yours in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Nick. And I'm just going to add to that. We've, um, I've been asked quite a few times lately, oh, how come Israel and the Jews are having so many problems? And it goes back, you know, three and a half thousand years, that covenants, they broke the, no the Noahide covenant. They broke the Mosaic covenant. They didn't even recognise Jesus and his new covenant. And you know what? They've suffered, and that's why they've suffered right through history. 
And I'll tell you what, if the church doesn't keep the covenant that we have, that Jesus made with the world when he died on that cross, you're going to suffer and you're going to suffer badly. So just think about it. There's a covenant there that we live under. If you don't live under the covenant, you're going to miss the boat. I'm pretty excited this morning. That is the best sermon that I've heard preached in this church since I've been here. And even the very first day that I was here, I heard that sermon that day from that man's mouth. And I really believe you stick with him. Every one of you stick with him because he's going to push you on and and make you into the men and women of God he wants you to be. Amen. So we're going to respond together. Let's praise the Lord this morning. We're going to respond to the sermon today.